All right, welcome back for Book of Experts TV. So excited to bring tonight's topic to you. And really, uh, we're titling this Experts Never Chase. That's a, that's a big topic that we're gonna be talking about. But really what it comes down to is how do you get yourself out of that sales slump? If you're an expert-based business, if you are a speaker, a, an author, a coach, a consultant, an influencer in your space, how do you get business without chasing people around? And what happens when you go through those, those lulls, when it takes too much time between sales? That's what we're talking about tonight. And I'm actually going to invite my guest in. We have Kat Stancic rejoining us here on Book of <laughs> You've actually been uh, with us before, Kat. On, uh, we've had you for several expert panels. This is the first chance that you and I have actually had a chance to take a deep dive on this subject, a Masterclass Monday conversation around how do we create more conversations with the right people and how do we get out of this uh, chasing mode? And of course, something the folks out there might not realize, you and I have a book coming out. We're co-authoring a book that will be coming out next month called Experts Never Chase by that do same we? title. Yeah, yeah. So is that what we've been working on? <laughs> it's coming, folks. it's coming. So um, I, I want to, this is what I want to do for you, uh, for everyone today. I want to set this up. This masterclass is meant to be actionable. Like to what can you actually take away from the session tonight? This is one of the reasons why I love Kat, by the way, because she does this masterclass out of her business. She it's, it's all the actionable info and none of the fluff. And I say that, you know, I'm not going to poke fun at anybody. I'm not naming names, but there's a lot of information out there. You can go to YouTube and watch hours and hours of information. It's overload. But we're talking about the stuff that's actually going to move the needle in your business and make a difference and answer the specific questions. How do I do that? Where do I find my perfect prospects? And when I do find them, what do I actually say to them to start a conversation? Because it feels a little weird right now. And if I do get a nice conversation going, but you know, it's just a conversation. How do we actually turn that into a sales conversation? I think those three big questions sort of frame up what we're going to do tonight and what we want for you guys. By the way, some of you are watching this on social media. Some of you are already in our virtual space in AirMe, and I will put the link in the comments in a moment. Here's why you want to go to AirMe. Join us in the virtual space because after the masterclass, we will do uh, Q&A tables where you'll actually be able to come in, share a little bit of what you've workshopped in this next coming hour, share it with others in the audience and with Kat, myself. We'll talk through, answer any additional questions. And then the fun part of the night is we're actually going to do some networking. You're going to meet some great people. You'll meet the experts, whether they're here at one of the tables in AirMe or whether they're on the screen right now, meeting Kat and myself. Either way, you're going to meet some folks and have a chance to chat and, and uh, learn a little bit along the way as well. So Kat, from, I didn't do your proper introduction, but she is the lead boss from Action Incubator. And welcome back to Book of Experts TV. Thank you. Well, you know, my reputation precedes me. So with a, <laughs> with a title like the lead boss, uh, go check me out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that kind of frames up where we're, where we're going with the conversation. Um, when Kat and I were talking about putting this together for you guys, um, one, of the, one of the ways that I framed the question for her was, there's an empty seat at the table with us right now. And that empty seat, the name doesn't matter. It is someone who is lost in action right now. They're frustrated. They're thinking to themselves, you know, I've, I've tried everything. Nothing seems to be working. And what that's costing them is 
their time with the people that they love because they're working all the time. They're going through social media. They're trying to do all the marketing things that they've been told to do, but maybe, maybe they shouldn't be right. We'll dig in, into that a little bit more, but these are people who are just saying, I'm, I'm so frustrated. It's been too long between sales, too much time between sales, or maybe I'm on this revenue roller coaster, right? You know, I've been, you know, I had a good month a couple months ago, but then I got really busy and now I'm back to a lull and I'm worried, I'm scared. So that's the person that we're going to start with. Maybe that's you, maybe it's someone that you know, but that's a conversation we're going to have tonight. We're going to start there and then we're going to take it all the way through to experts never chase. Make sense? I mean, all right. if you're asking Kat, me, yes. you, you get this question a lot. People seek you out. You and I have had this conversation. What What is the first, obviously uh, our seat is empty, so we can't do all the diagnostic questions of a specific person, but what kind of questions are you thinking about and prompted to ask when someone approaches you with this challenge? With trying to create more predictability and consistency in their business. Um, yeah, hundred percent, and also uh, you, they're at that point of frustration. Like you, you know, it's hard to hard to even help someone when they're that frustrated. So, where does the conversation begin, and where are you trying to go with them? Well, really, the conversation starts with the fact that it's not their fault. Um, and I know there's a lot of great sales pages with that exact same headline. So you can see I'm going to be real real. <laughs> um, and the the truth of the matter is, is the reason that, that that line works is because it is true. Now, the differences between people like us and other people out there is that we actually deliver <laughs> on our promises and on our big promises. And the thing that they don't know, right? So we always we don't, we never know what we don't know, right? But the thing that you don't know is actually the thing that's is literally between you and making the money that you want in your business, and that's basic skill sets. So I have an MBA, I have a corporate background, making Boku money and all that, and none of that prepared me to be an entrepreneur. So had the best of intentions, right? I was going to dominate. I should have been something by now, and I am not. <laughs> but I am much further along than when I started. And what I mean by that is the things for me didn't click until I understood what it was to actually nurture a relationship from um, hello to hired. So I talk a lot about the problem that people don't know is this middle piece. So you can go out there, you can connect with people, no problem. We can all connect, you know, click that connect button. It's not that hard. We can even get VAs to do it for us. The problem comes from how do we go from talking about the weather to whether we should work together. And it's what you talked about when we talk, when you talk about, and when we talk in our, in our book about how do you turn the conversation? How do you go from this superficial, like, I see that you do this in business or tell me more about your experience here to, hey, I think I can help. And the problem is, is that most people don't understand how to do that in a way that's, oh, I'm gonna use the word authentic. <laughs> in a non-bro markety, sleazy, slimy way because that's what's out there in terms of an example, but how do you step into a way that feels good for you? And most importantly, that feels good for the other person on the other side of that conversation. So all that comes down to skill set. It's absolutely learnable. The problem is, is most people aren't teaching it. So we, from your experience, uh, by, by the way, I, I would, for you guys in the audience, both in AirMeet and if you're catching us on social media right now, uh, I would love to hear from you three big problems that you potentially could be having. One is, I don't know where my people are. I don't even know how to find them. Two, I don't know how to, I don't even know where to start the conversation with them. 
Three, I don't know how to make this turn in the conversation. And Kat's gonna talk in a moment about, I know you use an example of unlocking this conversation and what that looks like to you. But I'd love to hear from you guys in the audience if you just put a one, a two, or three. I'll go, I'll walk through that again just to remind you. So one is I have no idea where to find my perfect people. The perfect prospects that I should be talking to, I can't, I don't know where to find them. That's that's my problem. If I if I could solve that problem, I think I'd be on my way. Number two is actually, okay, I found my people. I don't know what to say to them. Number three is I need to have a better, I want to now turn that into a sales conversation. So which of those problems, because this is going to help us cater the conversation that we're having with you guys tonight to what you need most. Because most likely your challenges are going to fall into uh, one of those three areas. In a moment, I want to circle back also to talk about this, it's not your fault thing. Because I think there's a big piece of that that we can we can put in context for you because they're actually there is a reason why you should be let off the hook a little bit because honestly, the people that are out there selling things, it's not the wrong strategy. It might be just the wrong time for what you're trying to do. But yeah. uh, Kat, while, while folks, I'm going to check the answers. If you can talk a little bit about that third question first, unlocking the sales conversation, at least give us a high level on that one. Um, so yeah, I love what you're, I mean, everything you're sharing really comes down to like two problems. You either have a marketing problem or a sales problem. So it all comes down to that. Um, so when it comes to turning the conversation, um, really what happens, the thing that, that you know, that probably, so there's there's all kinds of conversations that people have. They have conversations with people outside, they have conversations with close friends, and then there's a conversation that's in your head. And the problem is, is that most times when people are trying to turn the conversation is that they're in their head because they're making it about themselves. So they're trying, they're so attached to, I've got to make this sale, especially when you're scaling and growing your business. You're just like, I've got to do this. If I don't do this, these things are going to happen. And then all this freak out and anxiety starts kind of harboring. And if you enter any kind of conversation with any kind of negative energy, yes, guys, I'm going woo, um, then it's going to be there. I remember when I first started out, I put out this challenge and I did all this stuff and put all the time into it. And this person who I was certain was going to buy didn't. So I called her up and said, hey, not going to try to pitch you. What happened? You were interested. I saw you were on the sales page. You were engaged with my content. Like, what happened? And she said, you know, I hovered over the buy button a couple times. And I can't tell you what it was. Everything was right in terms of the languaging that you're using. And it's exactly what I need. But I just couldn't get over a sense of desperation. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> because it was true, because I was trying so hard. So the thing is, is that when you're trying to, to turn the conversation, stop trying. Do you guys remember when we had cars, okay, this is like gonna date me, that didn't have automatic steering, to turn that thing, you had to like, like you were like buff, <laughs> trying to turn that car when there was a serious turn. I need you to understand that you already have automatic steering. Tobin, this has to go in the book. Um, this just came to me. Like, I don't know how I come up with these car analogies, but they come to me. Um, you all have power steering. So stop trying to turn the car so hard that you end up crashing into the wall. All you have to do is give first. Stop making it about yourself and trying to figure out your angle in, right? Those are the bro marketers. How do I get the angle? How do I get the credit card as fast as possible? You absolutely need to value the relationship over the transaction. Every single one of you should write that down. Value the relationship over the transaction. And what that means and how that looks is by giving first. 
And of course you're going to be like, great cat. What does that mean? Because, <laughs> and the, you have actually certain strategies and skills and things that you're already doing that you're not effectively using as a means to get the yes. Now, a lot of people, when they think about the yes, they think about the final yes, the yes, I'm going to buy from you. Yes, I'm going to give you the credit card. There's actually incremental yeses that you need to be collecting, if you will, along the way to get to the point where you have the right, the honor, the privilege of inviting someone to work with you. You don't get to do that right off the bat. That's pitchy P, or as Tobin likes to call them, leg humpers on LinkedIn. You guys have met them. You know that the second you accept that connection request, you get PTCD, post-traumatic connection disorder. You want to absolutely remove them from your inbox and you make it enough that you don't ever wanna go online again. So if you don't like it, don't do it to other people. And we have in our book actually specifically, things that you can leverage in order to get that first yes, that thing that they will more than happy and actually jump at the opportunity to continue the conversation with you. And then there's other things you can do as well. So, so Kat, I want, I get to push back. That's the fun part of me hosting tonight is I get to play Damn devil's it. advocate. <laughs> um, all right. I hear you. And I think most of our audience would agree, you know, they're in it for the relationship. They don't want to be salesy. They don't want to be pitchy Pete. They don't want to be a leg humper. We all have to make our business go, especially when you're when you're in that place where you're facing, you know, maybe you need to hit your numbers. Maybe it's bills that need to be, you know, whatever it is it is. It's a pressure on the business. And it's sometimes it's really hard to let go of that agenda that we're entering with. And so I want to start there. I haven't I have another question I'm going to hold back in in a moment about something you said, but can we just talk can we revisit the part where you talked about the energy that you're entering this engagement whether you're chatting whether you've actually gone into a Zoom call and you see the other person's face even in chat there is an energy exchange of how you feel about yourself, what's going on in your world that you bring to every exchange with other people. Can you talk about a little bit about that and how we how we can manage that better so we don't bring that baggage in and sort of sour. Cause you gave a great heart wrenching <laughs> uh, example of someone that was right in every way. And you said the right words, but your energy wasn't right. It's really funny because um, it was not funny, but I like to say that um, it's funny to me because I see it all the time. Sorry guys, <laughs> For all my clients out there. I'm sorry. But the thing that that's funny is because this isn't a complicated thing to solve. It's actually extraordinarily simple, but because it's so simple, it gets dismissed. Just like our entire process, just like my process, it's so simple that you're just like, it can't just be that. And that's the problem is it absolutely is, but you're not doing it. So when it comes to doing the process, it starts with the beginning, which is how you're showing up. And the thing is, is when we attach an outcome, we become repelling. <laughs> So think of a magnet, right? The, the whole point of a magnet is that you're almost doing the opposite of what the thing, you know, because the polar opposites attract. So what do you, how do you need to show up? You kind of need to clear your energy, if you will. And you see me shaking right now, but that's actually a strategy for clearing your energy. If you're coming into a thing and think about like, what if I were to do an interview and I was like this the whole time? It would convey insecurity. You wouldn't, the trust wouldn't be built between us. So how are you showing up is absolutely critical to the fact of you being able to later on down the line, be able to, you know, potentially close. And that's actually one of the things that's happening is, yes, I, I get it. I've been there. We've all been there. 
where we all started our businesses where we were in a place of desperation. I remember being up until like one o'clock in the morning, reaching out and trying to figure out a way to do this stuff. Um, and it wasn't until I started really stepping into my own brilliance and looking at, wait, I have something to contribute, not only to the conversation, but to the world. And until I owned the fact that I had something to give that was valuable and that I was going to charge for, <laughs> then I could not receive it. If I can't visualize it, if I can't imagine a world where it is possible for me to receive an abundance amount of money, then I am already causing that existence to fizzle. So it looks at, you know, what can you do to get into empowered stage? Of course, there's 528 megahertz. There's all kinds of high vibe listenings that you can do. I'm just going to spew some some resources for you guys because that's what I do. There's crystals and feathers if you're into that. There's angel card readings, all those kinds of things. But what's your routine? Do you have one? Do you have something? Because how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're just kind of being like, all right, I'm going to open up LinkedIn on a tab and I'm going to do this thing for an hour and I'm just going to connect with a bunch of people and I'm going to get through my inbox as fast as I can and then I'm going to move on to building out my website. Wrong priority. You've got to understand that, just like you said, we're having a conversation with someone in a seat. If I was super aggressive and was like, here are the only ways to do it, it wouldn't be attractive. So do you know what is attractive to your ideal clients? Do you know your ideal clients? And I will tell you, having worked with them and having clients like that who are making seven figures, they still are doing this exercise. You are not beyond understanding and learning about your ideal clients. So there's, I mean, there's so much to unpack. <laughs> But really, it starts with you. That's the only place in terms of your energy that you belong as a priority in your business. Other than that, you are serving. So I, I love where, okay, you've, you've got me curious now. So folks, I want to hear from you. What, what, you know, is it Taylor Swift's shake it off? Like, what are you doing? What is your uh, little thing? And maybe the answer is, I don't have one yet but it might be helpful to see what other folks are doing. But what are you doing to sort of shake it off or to create that energetic space, the magic minute before you go into the con the conversation with the people? Yeah, I triggered you on that one. Go ahead. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. We have that in the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was thinking, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be an actual physical thing, but really it's also can be connecting to an energetic memory. So sometimes I will connect to, see, see I, look at me. I can't help but smile when I think about it. Um, thinking of my son giggling, like he's a year and a half. You know, you know the baby giggles, <laughs> right? So I have a six, a four, and a one and a half year old. So what are the things that are in your life that you can celebrate? Again, a magnet. If you're celebrating those things, then more of that can be attracted to you. So how are you setting yourself up for success instead of anticipating the failure that might happen? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we all want to be around people that are having fun, that bring a levity and lightness and playfulness to a friskiness to what, what's going oh, on. Oh so, no. okay. <laughs> Where are we going here? <laughs> but, you know, what, what are you bringing to the conversation? Is this going to be another dull, uh, you know, drag out, you know, suck the energy out of me conversation, or are you bringing something more? So, I just wanted to emphasize that point. I looked at the comments from the group. They're coming in in the in the uh, vert in Airmead in the virtual space. By the way, folks, I mentioned this before, and I just put the link in the comments. Make sure you join us on uh, Airmead. Uh, that's where we're going to do the Q and A and the speed networking afterwards. So we're going to live stream for a little while. We'll do the masterclass this way with Kat and I, going back and forth, answering some of these questions that came in. 
but then you want to come and you actually want to do the Q&A table or meet some of the other great folks that are assembled to have the same conversation as well. I just got a great car analogy for this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fire away. So think about relationships of them being cold, right? We know cold contacts, cold leads, all that's cold prospects. Well, however you decide the ranking is someone could be completely cold. So think about turn, like when you're trying to get to a place and it's winter outside, can you even have the capacity to jump in your car, turn the car on and get out of the drive and get to your destination? Absolutely not. You have to preemptively think about, all right, I need to either go and de-ice the car. I need to turn the car on early enough so that the engine warms up so I can get it somewhere. There's all this pre-work that's done. And it's not stuff that has to happen fast, like it has to take forever. And it's stuff that can happen in the background. I, for example, tend to listen to the music while I'm doing other stuff. And I change the strategy based off of my mood. So I'm not tied to one thing. Um, the basically the best strategy is the strategy you're going to use and that strategy can change from day to day month to month year to year there's also i want to call out something that she just said the strategy the best strategy is the one you're going to use meaning a lot of times you know some of this stuff but you're not actually doing it or maybe you're doing it a little bit but not consistently and it's become kind of like going to the gym you, you've got to build the habit i mean that's what for me, and I uh, I know this is true of you as well, Kat, showing up, having the conversations consistently and building those new relationships so that your network, your connections, your introductions to new people is always expanding. There's always a new conversation. And ideally, when you start to do this right, you're having conversations with the right people as well. Uh, Kat, the, the questions that came back, the feedback in the chatter, the chat uh, of Airmead and, and all, people are saying... It's number three. I, I don't know how to make this turn, how to unlock the conversation. I can find them. We had a couple of questions around finding them. We can dig into that too. But far and away, most of them said, this is a conversation about, as you say, talking about the weather or... Whether, how to go from weather to weather, whether, you know, talking about the weather to whether we should work together. Um, yeah, that's where I find 95% of people get stuck. Um, that is a number completely made up by me, but it's based off of conversations that I've had where, you know, it's, it's the same, blah, it's the same thing, see, that got me stuck when I was first starting out because making the connections, finding them. Okay, I can go out there, I can make connections. I know what my ideal client looks like. I even have LinkedIn where I can even search some functionality. Hell, I can even do it manually if I need to by looking at someone's profile and their you know, LinkedIn or their Facebook, whatever their content that's out there. And I know that people I tend to work with, and I think you too, have some capacity in terms of sales, right? So they're not you know, completely disconnected to how to get someone to say yes to the invitation. But this middle piece, <laughs> this piece in the middle of weather to weather is where people get stuck. And the reason is, is I kind of hit on it first is they really make it about trying to get to the yes as fast as possible instead of first understanding that there's different kinds of yeses. There's different yeses that can make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, but because you're so focused on a single kind of yes, you're leaving all of that money on the table. And I'm a big proponent about not leaving leads behind or money on the table. So <laughs> one of the things you can start doing is looking at what are some things that you can provide as an opportunity for people to say yes to. That's how you keep the conversation going. So I'll use an example. I have a podcast. It's called The Revenue Accelerator. And I <laughs> I'm going to be way more direct and transparent than I should be. This is how I am. Sometimes when I don't know what to say, I will say, hey, you look like you have an amazing profile and that you're an expert in taxes. 
you know, my audience could probably use some information from an expert like you. Would you be willing to come onto my podcast? And I will tell you, most every single person will say yes. Why? Because it's all about them. There's nothing in it for me. Well, I mean, there is, but like there's nothing that seems like a, okay, how is she going to pitch me? How is she going to angle this thing? Where is she going to ask for my credit card? It's not about that. It's about positioning the other person as the authority and the expert that they are so that they can share their message in the world. And who wouldn't want to say yes to that? So looking at what are the different strategies that you have to help you with that. Now, the other thing too, that a lot of people don't do, especially when it comes to the conversation, is there is a treasure trove of information on someone's LinkedIn profile. And I'm saying LinkedIn because that's where Tobin and I kind of hang out a lot, but it's true of any platform. Now here's the thing, the process works on any platform. This is absolutely platform independent. Why? Because you're owning the contact which is critical when it comes to building your business because you absolutely never want to be dependent on another platform to generate money for you. So what are you doing in terms of effort to actually help the conversation go forward? Are you looking at someone's interest? Are you seeing how you're connected? Are you seeing the commonalities? And are you actually doing what cats do best is getting curious? And I will tell you, it doesn't end with death. <laughs> it ends with you being able to grow your business when you get curious but you're not spending the time doing it. And I'm sorry, it's as simple as that. Actually, I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love this. So I, first of all, the LinkedIn, Facebook, email, Instagram, uh, you name it, TikTok, it's all plumbing, right? It's plumbing be, that are connecting one-to-many or one-to-one -one conversations. And that's really, I think, a more important distinction is what kind of conversation are you in? you may use that LinkedIn page to learn a great amount of detail about the person you want to talk to, but that's not where the conversation happens. It still makes sense. You own the relationship. If you're connecting on LinkedIn, you're friending on Facebook, you follow them on YouTube or Instagram, and you start to have these different data points. Maybe the conversation ends up happening in email yeah. because that's actually where they pay attention to the messages mm -hmm. and where they'll answer you. That's the most important thing. What is easiest and most convenient for them. A um, couple things I want to share. So first of all, uh, Yon appreciate this as being real with us. So Yon gave us, he said, before the sales conversation, I drink a bunch of water. I hope I don't die of a heart attack during the conversation. I, I would be so fine. much more concerned about having to go to the bathroom. I'd be like, is it yes or no? Is it yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of the strategy is actually. No, I, I mean, I think Yon speaks to something here that we've all felt, which is coming in and, and a lot of times this is tied to, I have a lot of, it feels like a lot at stake in this conversation. I want something to happen. So this goes back to that earlier point of we really have to learn to let it go. This is, this is, um, I'm not going to get these words right, but Kaylin has a great phrase around this, uh, uh, that we are not entitled to a sale that we were not meant to get. And we're going to get the sales that we are meant to get. Meaning sometimes you just have to accept that it's it's like it's already done and now you can go have fun in the conversation, which removes a lot of the pressure to try Without to make the happen. slimy bro marketing. Like, um, you know, there's a big a sentence that's like, assume the sale. Actually, that's not right. You don't assume that you get someone's information, credit card information, all that. You assume the, the relationship, you assume the value that you know you can bring to the conversation. And that person, you can, you can hope that they see it, 
and that they ask those buying questions that you should be listening out for. Um, but yeah, like I, I love what you said of just let it be what it is and then just release it and show up. And I know as, because this is how I am, I'm a doer and being, I need a manual on how to be, which is the opposite of what, you know, it actually is all about. But when I'm able to tap into that, that place, right. When I was starting out, the the biggest thing that you have to have is when you're in anxiety of not being able to close the, of closing the sale it means you don't have enough leads it means that you don't have the power to say this isn't working next and when you don't have that confidence in yourself in your business in your capacity to generate leads and close clients then you are always going to be at the mercy of someone else's goodwill someone else's good mood and that means that you're also probably at the mercy of referrals and that is not how you grow and scale a business yeah, this, so we talk about this this pressure that we put on one conversation, but when you have a full pipeline and another conversation just waiting to happen, it completely changes the dynamics of how you're able to go and talk with folks. You can, you can come from a completely different place because if it's not a fit, you're going to tell them it's to their benefit and yours because you will move on into that next conversation with a person who may be exactly the right fit for what you have going. You do right. not have to pound that square peg into a round hole, as they say. Um, I also want to bring up Leah uh, on, let's see if I get the right one. Leah said, uh, definitely that's a sticky spot. This is talking about transitioning to a potential business connection or even a potential sale. So we're getting affirmation out there from, from folks saying, yeah, this really feels like, you know, how do I make this turn? How do I unlock the conversation to use that analogy that Kat started um, explaining before? Can we go a little bit deeper, Kat, with some some examples of what that looks like in your world? Well, so one of the most important things that people don't get is that it's not about waiting for the other person to say, what does it look like to buy, to buy, to buy with you, to work with you, right? We're not waiting for someone to lay out the red carpet and say, please, I want to buy from how, like that doesn't happen like that. People who, you know, pretend that it happens like that. Does it happen? Sure. Does it happen all the time? No, <laughs> there's a lot of marketing and sales strategy that go out into making it seem like it's like that. So what are you doing to do the opposite, to invite people to come to you? So that's one of the more effective ways of having conversations. So I talk about, there's two kinds of conversations. Conversations like this, well, not you, but you, Tobin, um, <laughs> that we're having right here, right now, right? Where you get on the phone, you do a networking thing, whatever it is. And then there's your content. So many people forget that content actually does the majority of the conversation for you. Think about it. When you go and meet someone who seemed kind of interesting or seemed like they had it together or like had this really cool red streak, what do you go do? You go, you Google them, right? You check them out online. You connect with them on LinkedIn. You don't even have to connect with them on LinkedIn, though I can see if you looked at my profile. But you go look at them on Facebook. You start consuming information. You go to their website. Maybe you opt into their freebie. But what if that person has nothing out there? What if the last thing that they shared was a cat meme? What if the last 25 things they shared was a cat meme? How serious are they going to take you and your business if you're not showing them how you can be consistent in your business, how you're a thought leader? Because to be a thought leader is to share your thoughts and not just about what Bernie meme <laughs> is hitting it hot, though they're funny. But it's all about making sure that you're balancing your content. You're not being, you know, a, a leg humper and kind of pitching every three seconds because we see those people do that. 
but how are you showing your personality and your values? At the end of the day, people buy from people. Sure, we've all heard that sentence. Let's take that a step further. People need to know who you are in order to buy from you a person. So what are the words that you want associated with your brand? When you look at my stuff, you're going to look at leads. Pretty obvious with my title. You're going to see that I'm all about family. I don't share any pictures really of my kids, but I talk about my family because it's important to me. I'm a boss first and foremost when it comes to my business, but I happen to be a mom. And then the other thing I look at are movies. You're going to see those three things over and over and over in my content, but it stands me apart because people know what I stand for and what I stand against. P.S. Definitely against bro marketers. I forgot to mention that one. So looking at how are you showing up consistently in your business helps mitigate the risk in someone else wanting to invest in you and themselves because you're showing up in that consistent manner and sharing things that are actually adding value to society instead of taking away from it. So I want to jump in here for, for folks who have not seen this uh, from us before. We, we share it often. It's actually, I have a, I can give you a link on my LinkedIn profile. This is also in the books book. We talk about the four gears of marketing. I'm going to give you the 30 second overview just because I know a few of you out there haven't heard of this. Some of you haven't just need a refresher. Fourth gear is what you're, you're, you're seeing all kinds of people selling. That's where you get funnels and automation. It's the, you know, pay, pay a dollar and get five back. And it's like an ATM. Everyone talks about the virtual ATM or the online <laughs> ATM machine. And you just collect money in your sleep, right? It sounds great. And listen, there are some people that get that marketing machine running and they share the, those examples with you. And it's, it's very enticing. I bought those programs. You may have as well. I spent a lot of money in the in the uh, ads, paid ads. I didn't get the return that I was looking for. And that's quite often the experience a lot of people have. They're not able to dial in that kind of funnel, uh, the, you know, the, the ROI of their funnel so that it's positive because there's a lot of things that go into work. So we call that fourth gear. When you're driving down the interstate, you know, fourth, fifth gear, whatever it is, like when you're cruising down the interstate, Top is down, wind in your hair, like life is good. But that's not how you start your car. It's not how you drive out of the parking lot. So what we're talking about tonight, most of the conversation is first gear. That's put your car in first gear, drive out of the parking lot, and you do that by actually talking to real people. And any amount of marketing that gets in the way of having those conversations is going to slow you down and create a problem and ultimately stall your car. Now, I'm bringing this up because Kat just shared second gear, which is content marketing. And they really go hand in hand. You know, you just like driving a car, you pull up to a stop sign. You're going to shift through the gears when you, when you, you know, drive on, pull through the intersection and drive on. So with, when you have the right content in place, you have better conversations in first gear and you're building momentum as you're shifting. And just so you guys know, third gear is that's when you have collaborations. It's what we do at Book of Experts. You have strategic partnerships. You're introduced to other people who are already talking to the exact kind of people, those right people you want to be working with. You become way more attractive to those joint venture partners when you have a really strong first and second gear. Then you can shift into third. That gets you on the on-ramp up onto the freeway. Then you can shift into fourth gear and you can cruise the rest of the day right? For, for hours and hours, because at that point you have momentum. You've talked to people, you've heard what they've said, you know that you've met, you've dialed in your marketing and your engine is tuned up and running really well. 
With that said, Kat, when we come back, I want to hear a little bit more about your definition of bro marketing, what it is and why you've taken that stance against it. I think this is an important part of our conversation because it really, there's a lot going on in this outreach, conversational marketing, whatever you want to call it, this space. It's a problem. We'll identify that. But before that, I want to invite you guys to join us after the live stream. That's in about what? About 20 minutes, we're going to go into our virtual space. We're going to do Q&A tables with Kat, with myself, with the other experts in the audience. We want to hear a little bit about what you're doing. What are your questions? Do you feel stuck someplace? Or do you have some great examples and tips that you can share with the group? And then we'll do a little bit of speed networking right afterwards. So we'll do that. We always do this. We follow up our live streams with networking. It's going to look like this. All right, I wanted to get that in there so people could see what the networking is gonna look like. Again, we'll put, we're in Airme. I'll make sure that link gets in the comments so you can join us over there. But while I'm doing that, Kat, would you talk about what is this bro marketing that you speak of? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm more than happy to do that. There's one thing I did wanna mention before I got into the bro marketing piece, which was related to the, the first and second gear and all that, and the, as it relates to the conversation. Um, if you think about anyone who's successful, I don't care how many multiple, multiple, multiple millions, billions, even see, that's what was happening. There was a brain mash that you couldn't see behind the scenes um, that they're making is actually based off of this skill set because it may not be them that is doing the, that are having the conversations, but in order for them to delegate it to their team, to bring on salespeople that can do the closing for you, that can generate the leads for you, you have to know how to consistently and predictably close, attract and close clients so that you're setting people up in your investments for success. So that's my little sideline there, but that's why it's so critical to do this. And it's why this process will actually make your other investments work because it was a piece that was missing. So when it comes to bro marketing, like, I get a little hyped up when it comes to this, it's, um, you know, Tobin calls them leg humpers. I call them pitchy peats. Now, bro marketing strategies are just the manipulation of positive intention. So there's lots of ways of doing marketing and sales out there. The problem is, is that a lot of people have bad examples, right? So if you have a bad example, then you're going to continue to, you know, use those same things in your business and you're going to teach them to your clients and all that good, all that horrible stuff. So what I'm talking about here is bro marketing things are those sleazy, slimy tactics that get you to say yes. It's fake scarcity, right? Of saying, oh, there's only 10 spots available when it's an evergreen webinar that has a hundred seat capacity, right? That's not true. Or it's saying there's only three spots left on a stagnant sales page. You know, they didn't go and refresh it when the marker on that sales page hasn't been updated for a couple of months. These are bro marketing strategies. It's things that get to separate you from your money faster when everything inside of you is saying no 
but somehow for whatever reason, they've said the thing that gets you to say yes. It's things like saying, this isn't a check, this isn't an IQ test, it's a checkout page. Things like that, that make you question your integrity as a human being or make you um, devalue and make you feel less than, that it makes you feel like that shaken down strategy, those strategies, you don't have to do business that way. Actually, I really don't want you doing business that way. You absolutely can figure out how you want to sell. What makes you feel good? And that's why I talk about making an invitation. Because a lot of people have negative connotations and associations with the word selling. Selling is great. It makes you money. But you might have a trigger around it because you got sold in the past. You bought something, you were promised this huge opportunity to be able to make all these millions of dollars in 24 hours and it didn't work for you. And then somebody else convinced you to do it again and again and again to the point where if the next investment you make has to work and the next investment you make needs to be in yourself and not in someone else. It needs to be in the skill sets that are going to show you how to create repeatable and consistent and predictable income in your business and not fall for this easy button strategy that you know isn't going to work. So that. <laughs> I think we're all, uh, we live in a world filled with bright and shiny things that are constantly vying for our attention. And when you see people that, you know, you've been focused on, uh, you know, I'm just going to say uh, generally focus on Facebook and LinkedIn and all of a sudden people are killing it on TikTok and YouTube and maybe they're over on Clubhouse or whatever and they're having great success. Um, it's easy to get distracted. But if you go back and look at what has actually worked for you in the past, there is a red thread that runs through those people that have enrolled with you. They've had a great experience. Their clients that you love working with, they got great mm -hmm. results too that is an opportunity to double down and do more of that that's already working. It doesn't mean you can't expand into those areas, but if you're if you're in one of those deficit periods when you're when things aren't going as well, you certainly that's not your uh, R&D period of time, your Absolutely. research and development period of time. Well, it's um, insane how people, you know, and I get it, you I'm the lead boss. You absolutely want to be filling your pipeline. But what I always find is really interesting is how people are constantly spending their time trying to turn cold leads into hot ones. Like, and they want to do it like that. Here's the thing. You are already connected to your next client. Like write that down, circle it, put it on a post-it and put it on your wall, on your computer. You are already connected. And I'm not talking about that 97, 27 client. I'm talking about that, whatever that high ticket is for you, 2,500, 10,000, 20,000, you are already connected. You just haven't asked the right question. And that's the weather to weather piece that you're missing in your business. First of all, I love this point, and I'm going to challenge you guys out there. So in our community, in AirMeet, I want you guys to really think about that for a second. You already are connected to your next client, your next high ticket, your big program. That person is already in your network. And I want you to think about who that might be. You don't have to share this with anybody else, but maybe jot down a few names of who you think it could be. It's probably not even someone you're thinking about right now. Uh, and what might you ask them? What could be the question that we could be asking them would, that would start to unlock that conversation? We'll, we will revisit that in just a second, Kat. I want to bring up uh, Erica's question here. Uh, she said, and this is particularly for you as the lead boss, Kat. She says, 
Uh, how do you find balance between having enough leads so you don't mind moving on easily, but not so many that you feel overwhelmed or they kind of get in the way of your capacity to serve your clients? Like, how do you not make this lead gen thing your whole business, your whole life, your whole day? Well, that's the beauty of being able to, that's why I charge high ticket. <laughs> um, the beauty of the question is it's not a problem. It's actually what you're trying to achieve. And the reason that you're trying to get to this place where you have so many leads is that you get to be even more pickier. Is that the right English? Um, so you get to choose who you do and don't work with. You can qualify them. You can put barriers between you and the conversation as it relates to the sales call. So there are things you can do to qualify people along the way, which is why you have these conversations with people, because you're looking for things that say, ah, you are not someone I want to work with, or, oh, that's interesting. Let's explore that. That's the balance that you're trying to achieve. And here's the thing. When you're at that capacity, it should indicate that you're making money, which absolutely means you need to start delegating things out. And because you've done it consistently, then you're setting up that person who can support you up for success. So if you're not doing it already, I really highly recommend that you start documenting your process so that you can hand it over and make it easier on yourself. So one of the things I talk about with my clients a lot, and it's what I help them do, is how to put strategic effort into creating ease in their business. What's that one little extra thing you can do that's not going to take up a bunch of time? It will take up a little time but that's gonna save you so many hours and make you thousands and hundreds and tens of whatever thousands of monies for you later down the line. And I'm not talking about 10 years from now, it could be next week, it could be next month, but you've got to think about where you're putting your effort and how that can have the biggest ROI in your business. This kind of brings us full circle back around to where we started, which is being intentional in your process. So before the sales conversation, yeah. how, are you, how are you talking, conversing with yourself about the energy that you're going to bring into this next conversation, whether they're going to enroll or not. We've already decided we're going to be unattached from the results. They can be who they are. I'm coming to serve. I'm coming to really understand who they are. You know, what's their story? Where are they coming from? Where are they at now? Where are they trying to go? I accept all that and I'm going to stay unattached. And now we're hearing you can also step back and be intentional about your process sketch it out, codify it. Think about what are the steps that you're walking through here, whether you're going to hand that off to another person or you're just going to start to um, optimize and be a little bit more efficient and more effective at each of the steps along the way. It's actually one of the things that I do in my, my, in my group program is we have KPIs, so key, key performance indicators, right? Super corporate languaging. But it basically comes down to, you know, look, funnels is not a new thing, right? So yeah, we've got some people out in Idaho that are, you know, branding a whole component of it, but you're in our funnel right now. <laughs> um, you're in other people's funnels all the time. So looking at what are the components that indicate success? They are, are you putting out content? Are you making new contacts? Are you having conversations? Are you making offers? And are you closing sales? If you are not tracking each and every single one of those things, you are leaving money and leads on the table. And I told you, I don't like it. <laughs> when you do those things, you can see the progression of where your holes are. Where are you not being efficient? Are you saying, I'm not making sales, I'm not making money. Are you connecting with people? I'm not making money. Are you making offers? That's going to be a trigger for a lot of you out there. Are you making an offer every single day? If you're not connecting, getting people on a phone call and making an offer, you can't expect to make sales. 
If you're not taking the actions that require you to make your business successful, you cannot sit there and say, I don't know what's wrong. I will tell you right now, this is the tough love. It's you. It's not anything you invested in. It's not the coach that didn't deliver. You're not doing the work. Business takes works. It is not an easy button. But the good news is, just like when you tied your shoes, just like when you learned how to ride a bike or learned how to swim, it got easier over time to the point where you didn't have to think about it. But you got to do it to get to that place. I, I love the simplicity of this. First of all, thanks for the kick in the butt. We all need it at times. And, and there's also this, there's a simplicity in the numbers too, which is I'm going to, on a daily basis, start this many new conversations. And maybe that's connecting with people for the first time. Maybe it's looping back and talking with folks that you haven't chatted with in a little while, but I'm gonna have this many conversations and I'm gonna consistently, you set the number for yourself, um, have, I'm gonna make this many invitations. I'm gonna get my offer in front of this many people so they have an opportunity to say yes. Because invariably, if you're seeing any kind of uh, deficit or shrinkage or, or more time in between sales than you want, it's because there aren't enough people seeing that offer. And you can't just run around putting your offer in front of people that don't ask for it. Because that's, remember, we talked about that before. Those are the leg humpers. There's a bunch of people doing it on LinkedIn. They're doing it on Facebook now and other places too. Uh, they don't ask for permission. They drop links. They just, uh, you know, they'll write you that long you message. That and that you call them out on that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, here's the thing. Why would somebody do that? They're doing well, it because they are buying into the numbers game. Well, no, that, but they, they, Learned it from someone else too. So think about it. Someone learned a strategy. This is we see this all the time. Someone learned something from someone. They couldn't figure out how to make it their own, and they started teaching it to someone else. And so now you've got a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. By the time it gets to you, it is no longer a strategy that works. Was that a strategy that worked on LinkedIn at one point? Yes. That's why people are using it. It absolutely worked. Just like before online, you could put an offer out there and twenty people would buy it. But the market is more saturated now. People are wise to that and they don't like it. So treat like the golden rule, treat others like you wouldn't want to be treated. And, and the problem is, is you can't call those people out because they've made an investment. And when you make someone wrong for an investment, they don't want to talk to you. So let them go. Let them go do their thing that's not going to produce results until they get to a point like you guys here where you know that that's not something that's going to work for you. And you're looking for something better, something that's more in alignment with how you show up as a human being. Yeah, I think people are less and less patient with it these days because it's been used. It's been abused, honestly. And yeah. people are just it's not a good user experience to be on the other side of the, that conversation. And I don't I'm not sure it's worth it either. You know, even if that funnel of, you know, dump on a thousand people to produce three sales at the bottom of the funnel, even if that worked, is it worth damaging and burning that relationship with the other 997 who mentally are taking a note and saying, this is how this person treated me the first time I met them. Mental note, this is not someone I will ever do business with. I will admit, I, I used the strategy when I was trying to figure stuff out. And just every, now and, every now and then, I will get something that I had sent out years ago. What kind of, I was like, I know, I know, I know, I know. It was like, I'm sorry. It was, it was back when I didn't know better. <laughs> and you know better. We all know better. And that's the thing is be okay with it. We've all made mistakes. We still make mistakes. That's part of learning. But be willing to make the mistake and move on from it 
and show up in a way. And, and we talk about it. It's service first. We're building the relationship and how you do that is by nurturing it. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't have to take three years. I've had people buy from me in 24 hours. I've done all the right things and all the wrong things on a sales call and still had someone buy because they were the right lead. You can absolutely screw up a sales call if you've got the right lead. Kev, we're, we're running into our last minutes here. We're, in a moment, we are going to, uh, I'm actually going to make sure we get that link over in the comments because I did miss that on the last round. Folks, I'm putting in our comments uh, on social media right now the link to AirMeet. So if you're not already with us in AirMeet, we're going to be going to the Q&A tables. This is your chance to sit down with Kat, hear a little bit more. I'll be there too. Whatever questions you have about what we've been talking about tonight, how do you actually get more business in a consistent, steady, and reliable way by creating more conversations and with the right people? Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. Kat, can you share a little bit about the book that's coming up while I just check our systems as we get ready to uh, shift over to AirMeet? Absolutely. So Tobin shared with all of us um, about the four years of marketing, So, which is his unique brainchild. And in the process of writing it, thought that it could use a little cat flavor. And so, <laughs> so Tobin and I started co-writing the first year. And it is everything that we're talking around here, except the content piece, because he, like he said, it's the second gear. Um, but it's absolutely, basically by the end of reading the book, you should absolutely have already closed your next high ticket client. And again, not talking about these $27 tripwire things or whatever, but specifically that high ticket client. And what's gonna happen is it's, you'll have closed that client, but you also have generated a bunch of leads to be able to go and start closing that next one. So this is how you start creating that repeatable and consistent process to go from hello to hired. Yeah, what, what has been really fun for me about this book, uh, writing and working with you, Kat, is, um, and Lisa, who's, who's helping us on the editing side, <clears throat> Kat and I have a similar lineage, I guess you could call it, mentors and coaches that we've worked with. Um, I want to shout out to Adam Urbanski as one who's been a huge influence on, on both Kat and I. That's how I actually met her originally in one of his programs. Uh, to get better at this conversational, direct, this business development kind of approach where you can just go talk to people and you can you can actually generate business in a significant amount of business just with first gear alone. You can drive your car with first gear alone if you need to. Second, third, fourth will make your car run better. It'll get you there faster, but you can do a significant amount of business just by talking to the right people without websites, without funnels, uh, without all that stuff. And this is the basis for this space, this expert-based entrepreneurs that we're working with. And if there's one thing I'm most proud of with the book coming out, it's, uh, you know, read this book. The big promise of the book is read this book and go enroll a, a new client before you finish the last pages. That's what we're after. It's a big promise. We're doing our damnedest to deliver on it, but you have to be willing to have the conversations as well. It's You can't passively just read the book and uh, open up your bank account and see someone yeah. new there. I will say that all of my clients grew their businesses in 2020. Meaning not only did they make what they made previously in a non-pandemic year, <laughs> but they grew their businesses. This is a process, and that I did as well, that grew our businesses in a time where most businesses started going under and weren't able to function and where Facebook ads wasn't the solution. And all of my clients do that without Facebook ads. So 
if you're looking to create that and, and use a strategy that's proven, that withstands pandemics and elections and secondary pandemics and you know economic ups and downs, this is the thing that's gonna be able to support you in achieving that because it's always something that you're gonna be able to go back to. It's the thing that every single business that's successful uses. And it's the thing that's gonna work for you. Love it. Kat, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, present, co-present with me, share this information and, and a little bit about your background. I know you deliver this in a masterclass um, format. And so to have you come in and, and go a little bit deeper with us tonight, I appreciate your time. I know you're going to join us over in AirMeet for a little bit. Uh, folks, again, I put that link in the comments if you're watching on social media. We're going to wrap up here for the live stream and we'll see you guys at the Q&A tables. Time for Book of Experts TV. Topics you love. Experts you trust. Friction-free referrals. Tried. Tested. Trusted. This is Book of Experts, brought to you by salesman.me.